I'm Robin Miller-Brecker. And I'm Karen Lenzer. Welcome to Seeking Center, the podcast. Join us each week as we have the conversations and weed through the spiritual and holistic clutter for you. We'll boil it down to what you need to know now. We're all about total wellness, which to us means building a healthy life on a physical, mental, and spiritual level. We'll talk to the trailblazers who'll introduce you to the practices, products, and experiences that may be just what you need to hear about to transform your life. If you're listening to this, it's no accident. Think of this as your seeking center and your place to seek your center. And for even more mega inspo, sign up for Seeking Center, the newsletter at seekingcenter.app. Have you ever really wondered what is really holding you back from doing that thing you've always wanted to do? Or what is keeping you from having a more authentic relationship with yourself or others? We all have certain beliefs that get trapped in our bodies, in our specific energy. Here's what's so exciting that we can hardly keep it in. You can get rid of these beliefs. And Lizzie Cutler, one of our favorite modern mystics and healing practitioners, is back to help you move that energy out so that you can live a more joyful and fulfilling life. Lizzie takes the woo-woo out of energy and intuitive work. And she's created a life-changing technique to help you get unstuck. Both Karen and I have experienced this with Lizzie firsthand and we can tell you, and we can tell you that it works. Let's get going. Hi, Lizzie. Hi, Karen and Robin. So excited to be here. So excited to have you here. Yeah. You have so much to dive into. Do we want to just start with the fact that the last time that you were here, we talked a little bit about editing, but we really didn't get into it. And Robin and I've had the privilege and pleasure of actually going through that experience with you and really understanding what it is firsthand. So can you just, at its most basic sense, talk about how you define this editing process? Yes. So when we're doing edits, if you think about sort of cleaning out your energetic closet, that's what we're doing. So we're pulling all of the old fears, beliefs, and doubts that were programmed in our soul and our psyche from when we were little kids. So all the things that we were taught to believe as fact in including you have to work really hard to make money, or it's really hard to lose weight, or all of those beliefs that we are taught to be fact that are actually fiction. And when they're vibrating in our system, that's what the universe is saying yes to. It's what we believe to be true versus what we say we want. And so energetically and vibrationally, we are attracting what we believe. And then we become adults after we're those little kids being taught all those things. As adults, we don't understand why these patterns keep cycling through. And we can't see a world without them there because we've never had an adult, rational, thinking, analytical mind without those vibrations there. And so that's what we're cleaning out. We're digging out all of the gunk, finding all of those dust bunnies in the back corner that are keeping you stuck and keeping you in those vicious patterns and cycles. And that's the stuckness that we feel. So we're getting you unstuck. Like that expression, a belief is just a thought that you keep thinking. Exactly. And just getting to the heart of that and really re-looking at it in a completely different way. Yes. And for most of us, we don't even recognize that we're thinking it again, because it's all always been in the background of our programming. So to recognize it as adults is so difficult from the inside. So I'm just helping people as an outside perspective, see it. And usually once we're in these actual edits, when we're in a session, I'm helping you find it was your best friend's mom who said it, or it was a teacher who told you you weren't smart enough, or it was some 
adult telling you something that you didn't know to question it and it's somehow stuck and it's on a loop, except you can't recognize that it's on a loop. And that's what's vibrating. And that's what the universe is saying yes to because the universe is always saying yes. And you really have no idea how the slightest comment that you may have heard when you were six, seven, eight years old actually stays in your system. And you're not conscious of this thought that's in there. That thought is reverberating so loudly in ways you can't see. And somehow, Lizzie, you are able to, when we're in a session and it's an an energy edit session in particular, you are able to really click in is the best way I can think of it, click into our frequencies and feel where there are those very unconscious thoughts and beliefs that are keeping us stuck on a certain at a certain level. And you're able to give us directions. You ask us a question, you give us direction that somehow it makes it come unstuck. It unclicks that one thing. And we're then able to free ourselves of that belief, which some people would call that a limiting belief. We're able to get rid of that. Can you even explain how you're getting there? Well, kind of. So the way that it's working is I'm muscle testing. And this is where kind of the woo-woo comes in, where my highest self is asking your highest self what the path of least resistance is for the maximum impact to get you back on your soul's purpose. Because 100% of the clients that I work with have that feeling, that insatiable feeling that's on the tip of your tongue, like there's just something more out there. And so we have this knowing, and I call that knowing, it's like that piece of our soul that is kind of always tapping at your shoulder, like, come on, come on, get up, let's go. And yet our 3D functioning ego self is saying, I don't know what you want from me. I don't know what else to do because this old programming is still vibrating. So it's like, we're getting your subconscious mind in alignment with your conscious mind because consciously we know I'm here to create great impact. I want to be able to create more generosity, more laughter, more fun, more engagement, more adventure. And, and yet there's that feeling of, I don't know what to do. And so we just sort of freeze in that. And we go into all these thoughts of, I must not be trying hard enough. I must not be smart enough. I must not be doing it right. Everyone else feels like they're on their path and they're cruising and I'm stuck on yellow, right? Like I'm not totally stopped and I'm not totally green, but I'm just this like slug slowly making my way there. And that frustration is our soul's way of shaking us and making us uncomfortable enough to create a change. And the change that needs to come is in your vibration. You are vibrating on beliefs that are no longer in alignment with your highest self. And the only way that our highest self and our soul self can get our attention is through physical and emotional discomfort. So whether it's a pain in your hip or your low back or your shoulder or your neck, it's something stopping you from moving forward. And same with emotional discomfort. So stress, overwhelmment, anxiety, all that stuff. When you wake up at 3am and your mind is spinning, it's because your little self, your ego self is telling you things that your highest self knows to be untrue. And once we get those thoughts cleared out of the way, then we can move and groove. Then we can start really like now we're cooking with, with gas and we can plow through. You said something about muscle testing. What does that mean? So muscle testing is my way of sort of asking again to make sure that what I'm hearing intuitively is on point. So it's like a backup system. Because when I'm working with somebody in an initial clearing, I'm just going through scanning your body and telling you what I feel, see, and hear 
about the energy flow or lack of that's happening in your body. And anytime I feel any kind of physical or emotional disconnect or discomfort, my first question to your highest self is, what is the information you're trying to communicate through here? What's going on that needs to shift? And what are the tangible, actionable tools that we can do in order to get this moving? And sometimes I like to be able to muscle test it and kind of ask the universe, am I 100% right here? Is this dead on? Is there some other word that we need to be working with? gets me out of the way. It gets my head out of the way and it lets the universe and our higher selves kind of take over to guide me to the exact pinpoint. Because frankly, I don't want this to take a few years. I want to get you there as fast as possible so that we're all living at our highest potential as soon as possible. And the muscle testing is a great way for me to make sure I'm in the right spot. It's like a double check. And just to remind people that you're doing this virtually. So you're muscle testing through Zoom. You're able to do that wherever you are and wherever we are. Yeah. And just to answer the the age old question of how can I muscle test if I'm not in your personal space and how can I feel energy not in your personal space? First and foremost, I totally get it that it feels like it would be more comfortable to be face-to-face. And here's why it's better to be on Zoom. When we're on Zoom and I'm doing my sessions with you, you are on your couch or in your bed, totally comfortable and totally alone in your own space versus being in my office or me being in your space where now there's someone else in your space. It's just different, right? You're thinking, I want to get up and go to the bathroom, but she's right here. Or is it too cold? Is it too hot? Is the noise bothering her? The noise is bothering me, right? Like we're in our heads when we're in each other's spaces. And the reality is energy does not know time and space. So when I'm in Zoom or we're on the phone or I'm just working on you remotely, energy doesn't know time and space. That's our little self. It's our 3D ego self that thinks I need to be in your physical presence to get the most out of this. The reality is you are far more comfortable and therefore open and vulnerable when you're in your own space and no one else is in there with you. How much information do you need from someone before you go into an edit session with them? Do you ask a lot of questions? Do you do a deep dive or do you just go right in? My initial question is if I were your fairy godmother and I had a magic wand, what are the top two or three goals of things that you would want to change? What is it? What are the patterns that are coming up that are making you insane? What are the frustrations? What are the triggers that you notice coming up? Because again, our soul's only way of communicating is through physical and emotional distress. When we're comfortable, we're not looking at what there is to fix. We're moving on our merry way. It's when we are in discomfort that we seek help and we try to change things. So if it's your hip or your back, or your physical body that hurts, I want to know about that. And if it's my mother-in-law drives me insane and is constantly pointing out what I'm not good enough at, or no matter how hard I work, other people at work are always doing better and seem less stressed or whatever that stressor is that isn't going away. Like you crush one and it's like playing whack-a-mole, like you fix one person and then the the problem comes back up in another area of your life. That's what I want to know about because that's where your soul is spotlighting where the work is to do. And that's where we want to start. And then it's easy, smooth sailing from there, because then you'll see once we start working after the first session, most people will come back and say, I feel so much lighter. I feel like I'm responding to things differently. I'm not getting as triggered. I'm not getting as frustrated. And now we can get to the deeper layers of where the actual cause is from versus just fixing the symptoms so that you can tolerate it differently. And when you do the actual work, so when you're in an edit session, Karen and I know from doing this, with you and you are on that frequency and you're asking us to think about 
for us certain fears that we have. And you're able to say to us, what happens when I say fear of not having enough, fear of whatever it is. You then allow a certain amount of time for us to really sink into that. And for me, I think I really, some, however energetically we're all connecting, it takes me back. So I'll start yeah. where I currently am and then I go back in time. And the emotion that comes up, and I think that again, it's like however energetically charged things are, you'd be surprised at how your body and your emotions react to that when you haven't thought about something literally in 30 plus years. When you say, Karen, it's like tears just start coming down my face. And I'm like, whoa, it's so powerful because you're getting right to the heart of whatever it is we're trying to clear. Yeah. So I'm going to give you a little behind the scenes, like pull back the curtain of what is happening in there. Two things are happening. One, your subconscious mind is being able to go through the closet and see, oh my God, I haven't thought about that in 30 years. There was a teacher who said this thing to me. And because we're having the time and the space to actually focus on it, because what I say in an edit is, let's say it's focus on the fear of being ignored. I'm asking you to connect to the vibration of that fear. And then one of my clients said, it's like having a movie play. So then you're having this like lifetime movie of all the different times in your life, you have felt that vibration start sort of attracting to it. And as you're doing that, I am in there doing my magic woo-woo intuitive stuff, literally weeding the stuff out. So I'm helping. It's like you're highlighting it, you're putting heat on it, and then I can just really gently pull it out of your system. And so it is clearing. And so it's like we're tag teaming this thing that was serving you as a little kid. And it's really important to remember it was serving you at a certain point to have that fear. And it's like, don't touch the hot stove. Remember that the stove can sometimes be hot and burn you. And that's a great great skill and a great tactic when you're seven years old. But now at 37, 47, 57, we have new tools. And so we just want your subconscious mind to recognize, I don't need to hold on to that anymore. And now we've created space. And once the space is created and that thing is cleared out, now we can fill it with white light. And now you can move into the vibration of all of the potential and all of the abundance that intellectually, you know, you've created. The majority of people that I work with are busy professional people who will say to me, I know that on paper I've created an amazing life, but the way that it feels is like I'm constantly chasing something that will feel good. I'm constantly stressed. I'm constantly sweating of how am I going to keep these 10 plates spinning in the air? And it's unmanageable. And by the way, I'm low-key miserable in this quote unquote amazing life that I've created right? So I've now created this prison for myself of this seemingly amazing life that feels draining and horrific. And by pulling those weeds out, it starts to feel lighter. It lightens the load and it lightens the burden of this is all stressful and starts shifting into, oh my God, this is so beautiful. That's the magic. That's the goal. How many people are going, are listening to you just nodding their heads going, yes, what the heck? Why, when everything is on paper, do I feel this way. And what you us realize is that you keep so much in that closet that you just don't even realize is there. And even worse, you keep repeating it, but just giving it a different label. Yes. Why we're shocked that this is all of our life's experience years later is crazy because it's really the result of that same little kid who is afraid basically, but you're reinventing that behavior as you get older and older and older because you're still fearful. And so once you can identify it, like you said, it's root, you can let it Yeah. And it is magical. 
And it's a slow process. The reason that I ask people to commit to starting with six sessions is because this isn't the Atkins diet where in two weeks, you're going to drop 80 pounds and then put on a hundred. The goal of this is to create a true lifestyle change. And so we're slowly peeling back layers of the onion. And so in sessions with people, as you guys know, we'll do a two hour session on zoom where we're doing all of the work on our call together. And then we don't touch it for three weeks. We can be emailing, we can be talking, we can be doing all kinds of tangible tools and mindset shifts and reframing and all that good stuff. But the reality is the work happens in those two hours and then you chill out for three weeks and just let it process. After you know five months, it is like I'm saying to people, just to remind you, you were at an eight out of 10 in how stressed you were on Sundays with those Sunday blues. And now you're at a three. That's a big deal that you're not triggering as hard on that thing anymore. But I have to remind people of where they were. And I can just add too, once you shine a light on some of those things, other things can bubble up, like things that you maybe are related to that fear that you kept with you in that time when do stop other things, dreams will happen or other things that didn't trigger you before will want you to pay attention to them that you just didn't even realize was there. That's been happening to me, which is a great thing in a way because it highlights other places that I need to pay attention to. And a lot of that is the work processing and working through. So I kind of equate that to when you open a can of bubbly water and you let it sit for a while, it's like in the session, we crack the lid. And so all the fizzing happens. And then over the next three weeks, it's like those bubbles keep kind of just like still popping up and you just want to let them pop up, let the thoughts come up and your brain, your conscious mind will say like, oh, right, that makes sense. Cause we were just talking about that. And so that was linked to it and that was linked to it. And now you've got this whole chain of triggers that can release. So the work is happening in those two hours, but the processing is happening for those whole three weeks. I love that you pointed out that it is, it's a slow fix, but then it lasts, right? Right. Because in so many of different modalities that Karen and I have tried and believe in very much, there may be like a bigger bang right at the top, right? With your work, you still feel it right after, but there's a subtlety to it. And yet I know what I have found over these months of working with you is how much lighter I feel, how much more grounded I feel in who I am and what I'm here to do. And then I've now opened up myself energetically to all of this goodness that's coming in. And I don't think it's a coincidence that it's from after doing this work. So one of the intentions that I set before I work with anybody is to help realign you with your fullest abundance. So most people will come to me with a specific issue, whether it's weight loss or wanting to attract more money or attract love or career opportunities, or just feeling more settled in their own life and soaking up the goodness of their own life. But the reality is every area of their life is suffering and is sort of choked off from the highest level of abundance, because if one is choked off, they're all kind of being impacted. So even if your career is thriving and you've never been in a partnership or you've always struggled with your weight, that not enoughness, that vibration is seeping into everything. And so by changing one, we really impact all areas. So this is more about amplifying the abundance in all areas than I want to make more money. 
Yeah. Would you say that there are common limiting beliefs or fears that you see in a lot of your clients? Yeah. So again, the majority of my clients are busy, professional, high performance people. And and the majority are women. I would say 80% are women. But even with the men, there is a fear of being ignored, a fear of being content, a fear of being controlled, a fear of being in control. So you'll get it on both ends of that. Fear of being fierce is a big one. Fear of being manipulated is huge. And in all of these, I talk about what we call a double bind. And it's where you're pushing on both sides of the issue. So in the spirit of the universe is always saying yes, if you're sending out the signal that I have a fear of being fierce, where if I'm too fierce, then someone's going to squash me down, right? Especially as professional women or as any busy professional climbing the ladder, there's sort of a fear of if I speak too loud or if I'm too aggressive and if I shine too bright, someone above me isn't going to like it and then I'm going to get trampled. So we send out that stress signal of fear of being fierce. We're pushing on that side of the door. And on the flip side of it is the fear of not being fierce. If I don't step into my ferocity, if I don't show who I am, if I don't really let myself shine and step into my light, there's this feeling of this hunger and this insatiability. And so we're pushing on that side of the door. And so nothing moves. And that's that feeling of stuckness that so many of us feel. And it's the same with money. If I make a ton of money, then what's going to happen, right? A lot of us have fears on everybody and anybody is going to ask me for money, or I'm not going to know what to do with it, or I'm going to spend it all and I'm going to lose it and I'm going to blow it. So there's the fear of having the money. And then on the other side is the fear of not having the money and constantly being beneath what we want to spend and what we want to experience and what we want to do in this lifetime. And we just stay stuck. And so we'll have this limit of how much money we can manifest and draw in and attract in. And then it's like, there's a ceiling and that stuckness of why can't I just get above that level? That stuckness is what we need to clear out. That's the double bind that we're in. So interesting that I never really thought about it that way until you brought that up because you're always looking at the lack, not looking at the antithesis as really being that double whammy. That's really keeping you stuck. Yeah. So it's the fear of success. And in the meantime, you're really focused on not having the success yet. Totally. So it's like, why can't I get there? Why aren't I there? yet? Why aren't I there yet? But when you think about being there, your subconscious mind, and this is what's so deep in there is like, well, once I'm there, am I still going to have the same friends? Am I going to have to now be a different thing if I'm the CEO? And now all the pressure is on me. And so if I'm not in control, that feels really scary. But if I'm in control, that's really scary too. And the universe is saying yes to everything we're vibrating on. And so then there's no win. And that's the stuckness that we feel. And that's what we want to dive into is how to clear it. And by seeing it, shining light on it. It's the Brené Brown thing of like shame can't live unless it stays in the dark. By shining the light on the thing, it automatically shifts, but it's nearly impossible for you to see it from the inside because you've never known your adult life without it. For everyone listening, know that when you do shine the light on it, you don't feel like I personally, it's not like I felt like tremendous pain, meaning it's not painful releasing it. The releasing feels so good. We all release differently. For me, the acknowledgement, I just automatically, I cry. That's the way I release. I think for every person, it's different, but it feels so good. And you don't walk away upset. You walk away feeling immediately lighter. And then as we were saying, over the course of days and weeks, even lighter and even lighter, because there will be other things that bubble up in whatever you were specifically working on. 
and it literally goes away. And I just want to add in there, everyone really does release differently. So I do have a handful of clients that have tears running down their face, but it's not like they're crying. Like I'm heartbroken and I'm so emotional. Some clients just start yawning really deep. Some clients will say to me, like my leg feels tingly. This is so weird. And some clients don't feel anything physically. They just notice the results are different. Their life just starts being different. Yeah. Their mom isn't so annoying anymore because they're not triggering on that version of not enoughness. And so it's just gone. That to me is the crazy woo-woo magic of it all. It is. (laughs) Right now I'm looking at Karen because Karen and I, we release differently. We just do. I don't know why I emote in this very physical way. Yeah. Out is out. No judging how it gets out. For me, so much of it was, I didn't realize that I was holding that. I didn't realize that I had that specific fear. And then like you were saying, the double bind, it's such an aha of why things are the way they are. Can I just ask you what, one of the fears you brought up that just made me do a little head turn was fear of contentment. I want to figure that one out. Yep. So when you think about everything that we want, whether we want more money, more love, more success, more impact, and, and this is all Abraham Hicks, this is law of attraction kind of 101. We want it because we think we will be happier once we have it, right? right? If I had a couple more million, if I had total financial freedom, if I had the partner of my dreams, if I had the job of my dreams, then I would be happy. And we look at people like Bill Gates. If I had that money, oh my God, it'd be so fun, right? We think that once we're there, then our worries will go away. The double bind of it is once we're there, most of us start triggering on, now I have to sustain it. How am I going to sustain this? And so there's the stress of, if I have it, can I keep it? is the rug going to get pulled out from under me? There are things that will happen in my business and in my career where friends and family members will say, why don't you call me and tell me those things? And I say, because I don't want to jinx it. We have those old beliefs of if I share something good, we literally say to kids, careful, don't let the rug get pulled out or wait for the other shoe to drop. And so we're taught if things are good, and this is an upper limiting, I think his name is Gay Hendricks, who I read this concept of. He says on a scale of one to 10, a 10 is the happiest you've ever been. When we get to like a seven, eight, nine, you know, most of us are used to living our average day between a four and a six. And when shit hits the fan, we crash down to like a two or a three. And so subconsciously, we know that when we get to a seven, eight, nine, or even a 10, there's the fear that if I go from a nine to a two, that's a really dramatic fall. But if I go from like a six or a seven to a two, I can manage that a little bit better. And that's the fear of being content is if I fall, if something happens, if one of those plates that I've been spinning falls, I am screwed. So I'm just going to create a little bit of self-sabotage to scooch down a tish because then it's safer. I can manage that fall differently. Isn't that wild? Wild. I never thought of it that way because it seems like that's all any of us are reaching for at the end of the it day. Is. It the is. The job or anything else is just wanting to get to that place. Well, and yet I think all of us have experienced, and I know I have, where I felt like I had achieved what I wanted to achieve and yet I was still not happy. There was something amiss. Well, and that's what we hear from every success story ever. I made my first million and it didn't hit the thing. And then I made my first 10 and it didn't hit the thing. And then I got married and it didn't hit the, like, it's the quick feeling of this feels so good. And then you sort of go back to your four five and six. And it's like, wait, that was supposed to solve for X. What just happened? And so by doing this work, and it's because you go back into the not enoughness, you didn't clear out the not enoughness by making the money. And now you're just worried about now you've got to sustain the house and the boat and the flying private. Now you got 
got to stay up there. So you go back to your not enoughness instead of, and this is probably my favorite Abraham Hicks thing is finding true satisfaction with what is and being super excited for more to come. The piece that I add to that is clearing out the not enoughness that was in there in the first place so that you can appreciate what is and get excited for more to unfold. That was like the magic one-two punch. Karen, I feel like something just happened for you. (laughs) Me? Yes. Like your whole face just changed. (laughs) It just, I was literally just thinking I could do this all day long because I feel like so much of us have so much in the attic that we don't realize. It's probably all kind of based around the same fear. So they're probably exchangeable or variations within each other. But what I think is your life gets older and gets more complicated and you have more layers to it, it can really slow you down. Because if you haven't cleared out some of those really basic beliefs, they're just going to get in your way. You're not going to be able to navigate them. They 100% get in your way and they get louder the longer you sit with them. So then it gets more exhausting and more draining and more frustrating because you're trying to run on a racetrack, but you've got that big rubber band with someone holding it behind you that's around your waist. And so you're running as fast as you can. And no matter what you do, you can't get ahead. So you make more money, you get the next promotion, you take the next trip, you do all the things that are supposed to fill that need, but because you're dragging all that baggage from childhood, it doesn't feel good because all of that percolates back up. Which is why we all need to work with you, Lizzie. (laughs) Yeah, like we need a Lizzie spa. So the idea that I would love to work through with this group is to kind of bring up, because I have been keeping a list over the years of these top edits, the top things that keep coming up over and over and over again for all the busy professionals. And to dive into one edit per episode, doing the actual will edit on our time together and then diving into where is the double bind? Where is this coming up for you? How has it been showing up? And then watching things start to shift as we move forward. Oh, we're so excited for doing that. Do people need to be on with us live? Yes. What we're thinking is this is going to be some sort of Zoom event. Yeah. I think we offer the replay because timing and all of that in a perfect world. Because if you're on the Zoom with us, you can jump into the conversation. So questions will pop up and ahas, you know, as Karen said, like memories and things. And the more we share with each other, the more you'll realize, oh my God, I had that too. And I didn't remember it. And so more is really least as you're present with it. And worst case scenario, you listen to it later and it's still impactful. But by by joining the conversation and by all of us doing it together, more is more. So we will be following up with when we're going to do our first of these series and where you'll be able to find that in the coming weeks. So be on the lookout for that. And we'll make sure to announce that as well. And you've heard a little bit about how these edits and working with Lizzie has really changed our lives. And Lizzie, how have you seen it change your own life and other clients that you've worked with? So I'm going to, I'm going to start general and then get more specific, but in a general way, I've noticed that people are creating more abundance and not triggering on their common stressors. So everything from clients of mine can now be on family trips without crying and wanting to go and have three glasses of wine because something their mom or sister or father-in-law say is so hurtful. So just being able to be present in your life without feeling like you're pulled down into a trigger, I think is hugely empowering. And one of the things that I realized I was doing with this work and we were doing was, you know, people would come to me and say, I have this really lucrative career. I can't leave it. So if you're going to tell me the only way to change my stress is 
to quit my job or stop talking to my family, that's not an option. And I think something amazing that we've created with this work is you don't have to change the stressor in order to change the way you're responding to stress. So partners at law firms, people in finance, people with really high stress, high pressure, potentially a little bit of a low happiness response in their careers can find ways to stay in that career path without having to jump off and still feel better in it. I think that's actually huge because that can be really scary for someone to be like, I have to change my whole life. And that isn't what you're saying. No, even in relationships, right? It's like, I don't want to break my family up, but this thing doesn't feel good anymore. This relationship doesn't feel good. Or my mother-in-law literally makes me cry every time I see her. And that's creating a lot of contention between me and my partner. It doesn't have to be that way. And it doesn't have to be all or nothing. So if we change the not enoughness that you are telling yourself, because the reality is the trigger is showing you where you're out of alignment with your highest self. So my grandmother, I love her dearly, but she would say to me things like, oh, sweetie, you finally lost a little bit of weight. You look so much better. Or, oh, look, you've put on a little bit of weight. That's okay. And it's just like mother stuff. And yet I would then trigger on it because I already had a fear that I wasn't skinny enough. It was mine that she was just highlighting and pointing out. Once I clean that up, she can say whatever she wants. It still triggers me for a second, but I recover three minutes later and then I can laugh at it instead of crying real tears. So it's not, things have definitely changed and people don't say those kind of comments to me anymore because I've done enough of the work that I don't need that spotlight anymore. It doesn't serve me anymore and I'm not vibrating it on it anymore. So I don't create it anymore. And along the journey, I recovered faster. So after two sessions, I recovered faster. After six sessions, I recovered even faster. And after a few more sessions, it just didn't come up anymore. I didn't need to look at it anymore. There was no gift in it. And that to me is the most empowering thing we could do. Yeah. Cause I'm just even thinking as you're talking about, if I decide to leave my job because my boss is too critical, then the next boss who is critical in the next role that I'm in, I'm just going to carry that with me until I work my through that. Right. Yeah. Because the vibration is still in you. And that's that whack-a-mole thing of once you say it to one person of like, hey, can you not say that to me? Okay, fine. But now the next person that comes along, you are vibrating on it. It's you. It's coming from you. They are reflecting your true thoughts and feelings about you. And we can blame them for having poor manners and blame them for being jerks. But the reality is it's coming up because it's a vibrational match to you. And when you change your vibration, you literally change your life. You really do. I think about just even drama, it for lack of a better word, drama in our lives. People often say to me, you really don't have drama in your life. And that's because yeah. I've worked on it. That's because energetically I've worked on that. I don't want it in my life. I don't right. want those kinds of relationships. Right. When you work on it yourself to your point and you've worked through those edits, then those people, it doesn't mean that they've changed. It just, there's something, there's almost like it's an unseen energy that somehow you put up that it doesn't hit you anymore. Right. And it doesn't even come up as much. It doesn't come up as much. And if it does, you really rolls off. Yeah. Karen, when you were asking like where I start with people, I usually say, what are the fights that you're having when you're in the shower? What are those in your mind, imaginary fights of like, shoot, why didn't I say this? Or I could have said, those are the places we want to start. Those are the triggers. And those are the things to really check in and look at. I love that you said that too, because what you're also saying is it's that energetically doesn't just trigger you in a moment. You carry that sucker with you all 
play wakes you up at night. It's the thing you're talking to your friend about and you're just consistently giving it more and more and more energy. It's true. It's the, oh my God, listen to this. Listen to what she said. Those are the things that we want to look at. Yeah. Oh, this is going to be so good. It's really fun. All right. So for everyone listening, we'll be following up with when we're going to start this series. And Lizzie, thank you. Really I'm so excited you. working with you guys. This is so exciting, so awesome. And to everyone listening, I can't wait to work with you and just watch your life change with you. We can't either. This is going to be awesome. Okay, you can find out more about energy editing and working with Lizzie one-on-one at lizziecutler.com. That's L-I-Z-Z-I-C-U-T-L-E-R.com. And you can also follow her on Instagram at Lizzie Cutler. Thank you, Lizzie. Thank you, ladies. Have an amazing day. Bye.